Those Two Jerks is brought to you in part by Maverick Group, Maverick Group Experiential Technology. Need some nerds? Let's build something awesome together. Maverick. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Those Two Jerks, episode 147. I am your host, the Tom Alexander, and joining me, as always, the Sussman, Rick Sussman. Hi, Rick. Hi, Tom. And the vocational Chris Vu. Hi, Chris. The Vu assistant. The Vu assistant. in a row. Perhaps. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not. It's not a streak until you Is get three, three in a row. Three, three for consistency. <laughs> That's Dude, a streak. you're like verpes okay. at this point. <laughs> We won yesterday. We won today. If we win tomorrow, that's called a winning streak. It has happened before. <laughs> wow. References that eight people in the entire world, let alone our audience. What are you talking about? That movie made a lot of money. Okay, fine. Ten. It's also 30 years old. <laughs> it was 30 years old 10 years ago. Tom. No, no, no. It was, it's 30 years old next year. Anyway. We are coming to you on the evening of Monday, July 23rd, 2018. And uh, holy cow, uh, if we titled episodes anymore, we should call this one 10 pounds of shit in a five pound bag. <laughs> because that's what we got for you. Oh, and oh. it's one of my favorite uh, idioms, I guess you nope. call it. I was introduced to that phrase as a youngster while watching the WWF and the rock would make that statement. And, and at that point I knew I was watching magic happen. <laughs> I had a, a friend say that to me when I was really hung over and looked rough. He just said, you look like 10 pounds. You look like 10 pounds of shit in a five pound bag. You have the best friends. I know. I know. They're all really nice. Aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> Including well, being including that, YouTube fuckers. Yeah, well, yeah, I was trying to avoid that. But being that we do have um, this 10 pounds of shit and yeah. but this five pound bag, I suppose we should get right on to yeah, it. Yeah, let's, uh, let's push this ball down the hill and see what happens. Uh, <laughs> we'll start in the world of sports where the Major League Baseball snake has begun to eat its tail. We've been talking forever now about just stay open and how that needs to be Commissioner Rob Manfred's mantra. And we find out during the All-Star break that he's now throwing shots at the best player in his game, Mike Trout. Yeah, well, I mean, nothing says really intelligent like putting your LeBron James out to pasture as quickly as possible or just putting him on blast or <laughs> doing anything to ruin what mystique your, you know, best player in the world has. So, uh, yeah, I mean, smart. there's Mike Trout is uh, I wouldn't even say arguably he's hands down the best all around player in the game right now. Um, he's an outfielder for the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim of Orange also County. Also stupid. Yeah, important if, to mention. Also if you, stupid. If you don't know who he is, and you probably don't, um, we've talked about him before, and the fact that yes, he's the best player, but he's not a household name. And during the All Star break, someone asked Commissioner Manfred about that, <laughs> and he said, "Quote: Player marketing requires one thing for sure: the player." End quote. 
Uh, he's basically saying because Trout does not spend a significant chunk of his downtime marketing himself that uh, it's his own damn fault that he's so good and not a household name. And, yeah. And, and fuck him for not marketing himself more. <laughs> Uh, because we as a sport sure as hell aren't going to do it for him, <laughs> even though it might save all of our asses. Uh, so real quick, Chris, uh, not the sports guy of the group. Yes. Correct. Um, <laughs> if, if I said to you, name for me an NFL player, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Honestly, right now for me, Colin Kaepernick. He's just yeah. he's top of mind just because I've I've learned more probably about the whole political situation behind that than anything on the show. It's this is the, let's get real. This is my only exposure to sports. So, <laughs> you know, well, the, the whole kneeling thing has been quite extensive in our discussion. Okay. Yeah, that's true. fine. That's fine. That's he's obviously a, per, a, a person of great import for the sport. Uh, he's not necessarily the face of the league per se. But he's certainly someone worth talking about. Yeah, and and at least Chris can name one. Like yes, yeah. Can you name now, name, now, well, name was, an NBA player, Chris? There we go. Yes. Well, LeBron. I mean, that's just, that's yeah. a given, right? Like, that's, name, it's an easy one. Name one more besides LeBron, maybe. Kobe. Yeah, he's retired. He's, but I'll yeah. take he retired. Um, Tim Duncan. Also retired. also retired. But that's all right. All right, it's fine. You, right, you got I'm, LeBron. I mean, come on. You got I'm LeBron. That's okay. Three. Um, can't you name a Major League Baseball player that we haven't mentioned in the last thirty seconds? <laughs> I my my, I don't know if he plays anymore, but Alex Rodriguez just comes top of mind. Yeah, it's because he did all those drugs. Yeah, but yeah, he <laughs> does and, and he made all that money. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't play anymore, but uh, but okay, <laughs> we'll take it. Um, but this is the problem. This is major now when Alex Rodriguez, for example, was playing, or Derek Jeter, or uh, Nomar Garcia Para before them, or George Brett, or Wade Dale Boggs. Murphy, Wade Boggs, Greg Maddox, Roger Clemens, Finger Miller McGillicut here, three finger Malcott, three finger, <laughs> three finger Brown. <laughs> but all those guys, the, there were plenty of household names in the sport. Uh, that, you know, they've all retired within the last uh, 10, 5 to 15 17. Years. Yeah, <laughs> 5 to 15 years. Let's go with that. these things right on their zenith. <laughs> it's, not, it's not that the sport is without uh, stars or marketable players, uh, but they're not marketing them, and apparently <laughs> it's their own damn fault. Well, if they wanted to be marketed, they should have tried harder to be noticed, like hitting a billion home runs while on all the steroids. So my favorite thing that happened with this is that someone uh, mentioned it to Mike Trout, and he said, quote, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I keep telling you guys I do as much as I can, but it's a long baseball season, and I got to pick and choose when I want to do things. Um, I can't really fault him for that. He's got his mind on... Uh, you know, baseball. Playing the game. Yeah, right? like, that's his yeah. job. Uh, that's the whole reason he is marketable is because he's really good at baseball. Uh, so, he, you know, you can't fault him for that. And his team uh, came to his defense. The Angels commended him. They released a statement saying uh, they're proud that he prioritizes his personal values over self-promotion. Uh, 
And Trout took the high road and said he's not petty and wants to encourage everyone to move forward. Oh, <laughs> you know, the, I don't think he took the high road. I think he took the only road he wanted to take, which is get the fuck away from me. Yeah, pretty much. And then <laughs> Just... and, and now it's. Now it's coming out that, you know, a lot of Angels fans on social media have come to Mike Trout's defense and they're sharing all these stories and photos of really cool things Mike Trout does for fans uh, to sort of be an ambassador for the game, like pulling a six-year-old kid out of the stands to stand with him during batting practice on the field or, um, you know, and then giving the kid a bat, uh, you know, surprising a fan who's hanging out in the dugout or playing catch with kids sitting in the stands while he warms up between innings, uh, sending birthday messages to young fans, uh, you know, posing for photos with, you know, servicemen that are in attendance or kids. Um, it seems he is, goes out of his way. And according to his manager, every single day to be accessible to the fans during the game. So he's doing that part of his job, but do you guys see the problem here? But well, here's the thing is, who's, who, who is responsible ultimately to market? Like for something like the UFC, where it's an individual sport, and they have 100% control of everything, that's, that's easy, right? The UFC markets, and they either have media obligations, they don't have media, or, you know, or they, within their contractual agreements, either want to do them or not do them, or whatever the case is. With team sports, it's different, right? Like who, is it the league's responsibility? Is it the team's responsibility is the player's responsibility. There's like a three tier here. Right. And like, how does that, that work? All of that's true. Uh, you know, there's players can, agents can seek out individual endorsements and appearances and TV shows and all that crap, you know, and then the team markets their star players to their fans by, you know, bobblehead nights and commercials and all that stuff in their local area, their media market. And then the league has to kind of, play up who their big stars are when they have the chance to on a national stage. Now the angels have only made the playoffs once in trout's career. So that limits the number of games that they're on, on national television. Uh, they play on the West coast, which limits how many people can see them when they are on national television. Um, and the all-star games once a year and hardly anybody fucking watches that. And well, I mean, from a commercial standpoint, from an endorsement standpoint, who, like, I, I granted, I don't watch a lot of TV as it is anyway, but, like, I certainly don't see any MLB commercials or anything. Like, how common is it nowadays for the MLB to, have, to run some sort of, like, overarching commercial where they sort of highlight individual players and in where, which would be a good opportunity to, to highlight him, as obviously he's very much a face, like, the sort of, like, nice guy, Mary Sue sort of character, based upon what you just mentioned earlier, like... Does that happen with other players where the opportunity would be there to do this to him as well? I've seen commercials where they have like, you know, they've different individual players are playing ball with kids as part of the game's youth outreach program and all that stuff. And depending on what network you watch, there are, you know, commercials for baseball. Um, but Rick, do you see the problem with, with, yeah, Mike Trout's doing really great things, but uh, there's something not right here? I, I see a lot of problems, but I also, before you hit the nail on the head, I want to inject a little bit of insanity if I could. Of course. Just, just, just a little bit. What if 
Commissioner Robert James Patterson Manford is just smarter than all of us. Okay. <laughs> and he, in his infinite wisdom, is going full 12th degree chess here. 12D chess. Okay. Without him bringing this really dumb statement forward that actually doesn't make any sense at all, would anyone even now be talking about Mike Trout? That's a fair point. So by going after Mike Trout in a very haphazardly ham-fisted bad way, in many ways, he's actually doing him a great favor. And I, for one, think that Mr. Manford is doing a fabulous job of making Mike Trout great again. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> I, I think Rob Manford's right. Oh, God damn it! That ruins my whole joke. And here's why. Yes, Mike Trout is doing all this really cool stuff to be an ambassador for the game, but he does it at games for people yeah. who are already at the game, who are already fans of him or the Angels or baseball in general. That doesn't help the sport. Well, it helps people come back to right. the ballpark, but you're not you're not gaining any new fans by doing that. Whereas if He's you not, do a right guard commercial, you might gain some new fans. If you show up as a special guest star on, you know, popular CW show of the week or whatever the kids are watching these days. <laughs> <laughs> the kids. Yeah. Um, you feel you good about that one? start gaining new fans. Well, here's the thing is, is who's, is it a failure of, he's not hiring the right people to get him contracts? No, no according no. to I him, think, he, he doesn't want to do it. He turns right, down those I, opportunities. I think he's just really happy being a ball player. Right. Which is, right. and that's okay. You know, that's it fine. is, it is. It's fine. And it shouldn't be completely on his shoulders. Yeah, it's not his responsibility. Um, Especially if he doesn't want to do that. You know, I mean, you look at, like, okay, Rick, you know this guy, Vladimir Guerrero, Mm -hmm. who for several years in our late high school, early college, was arguably the best all-around player in the game, but Mm -hmm. because he, A, played in Montreal, and B, spoke hardly any English, (laughs) if you didn't watch baseball, you didn't know who the hell he was. Right, and at the time, they could get by on just people watching baseball. Like, that was not an issue. Right. People don't really watch baseball anymore. Not really. Right, and this is a problem. And the way you get people back is by showing that there are great players now, and you have stars and people that are likable to root for. But if those guys don't want to do that and just want to play baseball, I don't know how you you get around that. And and can you like? Sh- well, that's who the, says you're able to? Right, and that's the thing. Like, see, the NFL, the NFL does a little bit differently. It's in their collective bargaining agreement that players have to do a certain amount of uh, media availability, um, like after games, and you know, at different times, or like leading up to the Super Bowl, they have media day where everyone right, goes. Yeah, and the players are all required to be there. Um, they don't do that before the World Series. Or if they do, it's definitely not publicized as much. Um, Part of it, I think, is the fact that the World Series is multiple games and not just one day. Um, I think that's not an event. It's yeah, it's not a singular event. event. Um, 
it's also um baseball is very slow to adopt new ways of doing things there it is like marketing of players evidently yeah like anything like anything you know there was a there was a time there was a time where baseball players didn't make nearly as much money as they do now and if they got opportunities to endorse things they took them because they needed the cash uh mike trout makes 30 million dollars a year Actually, he doesn't Tom, you need go, Wheaties money. You could go even further than that. Um, there was a time that baseball players would take second jobs as bag well, boys over yeah, the summer. Back in the, yeah, or hosts at restaurants. Yeah, you're going but, way, but way you back know, now. I, we are, but it's important that we do that. Though going way, 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 way back like that is what kept baseball relevant for so long. And now it's not relevant. And partly because people no longer have the community or the mm. interest in or any of this stuff. I see. I don't know about that either because I mean, you've got the, no athlete in the major sports does that anymore. Like the NFL and yeah, they haven't for, had to for a long, long time. So I don't, I don't know about that. Maybe, you know, if you want to talk about how it changed from say the sixties to the seventies and eighties, maybe, but I, at this point it's been a good near half century since professional athletes at those at that level have had to hold jobs in the off season. Right. But my, my point though, is that they've been able to coast on that for an entire generation, multiple generations. Right. But the last generation of saw that were, were people in the sixties and the seventies. Right. And those people are still the ones watching baseball. And yeah. now we don't, we don't have anything left in the tank. And I think part of it is because there's no community. There's no one really that interested in the baseball yeah, community. There's, there's, not. there's something to just FaceTime, right? Like it's having FaceTime with people. I mean, like true, like you said, them having jobs as bag boys or you know servers or other cases. Like the fact of the matter is, like that's still FaceTime. Like it's inadvertent. It's you know a byproduct or marketing yourself as a byproduct of doing that. True, you know, it's just a different form of work now. Um, and evidently they just, he, this guy just doesn't want to do that work because he quite doesn't have to. I mean, I don't blame him. I think uh, it's a lot of things, but ultimately really what I think it is, honestly, this is my opinion. You guys can have yours. What I think it is more than anything is there is that baseball has been able to get by for generations on the fact that it was America's sport specifically. And, you know, so on and so, all these great, great things, but now they don't have a plan anymore. There's no, there's no future planning. They don't know how to get stars. They don't know what to do with them. And this is a great example of that. Yeah. And it's something baseball is going to have to address uh, in after the 2021 season when the collective bargaining agreement ends with the players union. And we have to have another negotiation. And the players union Possibles. is talking tough right now, which means yeah. there could be another strike. Or a lockout. And if there's another strike or another lockout, we're done. Because they're not paid enough? I no, mean, no, no. It do, not all of it has to do with money. That's the, that's the common misconception. Sometimes it has to do with um, number of games played or something as simple as benefits or you know their cut of merchandising with their name and likeness on it. You know, It's a lot of different things. It's not always just their contracts. Um, <laughs> You know, like last last off season, there were a hundred or so 
free agents that like players who still hadn't been signed when spring training started this year. That is unheard of. And it was big names too. It was not like it was scrubs. Like there were a lot of guys, you know, name players that didn't get any bites until spring training started. And the players union is taking that as sort of a direct attack by ownership to try and drive prices down. Well, regardless, Trout needs to do something because if you know him and I know him and Chris has no idea what a Mike Trout is, that's the problem. <laughs> a Mike Trout is a specific kind of freshwater fish. <laughs> a fowl, if you would. <laughs> <laughs> a fowl? A fowl's a bird. That's, I, yeah, but it's I also get, I get, Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Thank you. Anyway, um, I, I don't know what the answer is. They may need to start requiring players to do uh, some level of marketing or availability. I think everyone involved has got to do this or some job. shit. Yeah, right. But, like, I'm surprised Trump's Trump's not on it. Now? <laughs> like, is, I mean, isn't the, you know, like how how dare Trump never Americans tried to buy a baseball America's... team thirty years ago and get Tom. Tom, that can't be it. Tom, no, it has it's nothing our, to do. Or pastime. How yeah. dare we not, you know, support our Ameri- You know, you're not a patriot if you don't fucking support baseball and know who Mike <laughs> Trout oh God. is. If, if only, wow, if are you only, writing his tweets now? If only that got to. If like that was the MAGA that we all got. Like, oh, we could have, we could have fixed baseball. Oh. <laughs> In 2016, this could have all been fixed, but everybody, but fucking the commissioner fucked up. Can you get in the right good graces? So. <laughs> or bad ones. Take that explicit tag. Um, but yeah, the explicit yeah, tag we, cares. We should, we should talk about that for a minute uh, in terms of the anthem controversy that reared its head again. Oh, thank week. you, Miami Dolphins. You have made my life so, so much better. All right, so let's, let's first clear up some of the erroneous reporting about what happened here. Um, the Miami Dolphins are one of the first teams to go back to training camp. And every year, the teams are required to file, every team is required to file paperwork with the league outlining (laughs) the discipline schedule for the year. Basically, uh, different violations of team rules and uh, the consequences for players who break those rules. Uh, They have to file those with the league. The Dolphins, because they're going back early, happen to be the first one to do it. uh, And it got out. And it said uh, a player could be suspended up to four games for uh, kneeling or protesting during the national anthem. Now, the Dolphins, for their part, say they really didn't know what they were going to do. This was a one-line placeholder that they never even really intended to enforce, but they had to address it in the document because they were required to. Um I don't know how true that is or not because they said that after this made a big to do. <laughs> um, now we talked about in the past how the league has mandated now that every all team personnel on the sidelines for the anthem must stand. Um, if you don't wish to stand, you can stay in the locker room, but you're not allowed to do anything but stand. If you come out on that field for the anthem, uh, when this whole thing came out and there was such a big to do, the NFL and the union decided, nah, we're going to pause this for a minute and <laughs> not do this. We don't know what we're going to do, but we're not doing that now. And, of course, that led the the first tweeter, the twat in chief, <laughs> um, <laughs> to 
once again take hold of the issue that he claims is always a win for him. And he's not wrong. Um, and he criticized the league again for not standing during the anthem and disrespecting and how the rule should be everyone must stand at attention with their hand over their heart. Yeah, because he does that all the time when the anthem. Oh, played. don't bother trying that. <laughs> God forbid, don't. right? God forbid we point that out. Um, and the controversy continues. I love the fact that the Dolphins were like, we we didn't mean to do what we did here, but we did because we had to do something. So sorry, everybody. So you put something <laughs> so explicit, like it's well, like, they had expl- to. like it. They had to. But I mean, like. I I don't know. I don't know how you accidentally put that in there. Well, it's I not mean, an I accident. I know you have to do like they, it. Had to, it, they had to put something regarding the anthem in there. And put something more vague if you don't plan yeah, to enforce it. Yeah, or put it, something know? maybe less severe in there. Right. Well, that and, you know, you're, you're adding it to... You're adding it to the disciplinary actions. Um, you're, you're basically saying, by doing that, hey, your First Amendment right means precisely dick. So... Well, yeah, it does. But the, hang, on, hang on, hang on. The First Amendment is the government preventing you from true. No, 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 no. It, it, it it's a bad look, though. It's just no, a no, bad right. look, and that's what made people angry, right? And, and and you're both right. Chris is right, and Rick is right too. That it's just a it's a bad look. Whether they're allowed to or not, it's a bad look. Um, you do, no matter what they did, it was gonna piss somebody off, and the Dolphins, unfortunately were the ones to end up falling on the grenade, but it would have been whichever team filed theirs first. It would have gotten somebody. Out. Somebody had to be first, right? Somebody had to be first. Unfortunately, it was the dolphins. Um, the controversy so now will now, go on. Now we're, now what, we're back where but, we were months ago where there's yeah, no policy. But like, what, what looks worse though? Just that, you know, we speak of optics often. Yeah. What looks worse? Putting, we those who refuse to stand or or kneel or whatever the case is, whatever they however the hell they decide to protest, will get suspended for four games. Blah blah blah. Or we will allow our players to exercise their right to you know peacefully protest however they so choose. Well, I, which, at the time they couldn't do that. They weren't allowed to allow them allow them to do it because the NFL rule was in place saying oh, they I, had to stand or stay in the locker room. So they had to address it because it was breaking a rule if they didn't. Then have them sit out for a damn inning. Or not that, inning. Yeah, a quarter. Yeah, it could have been a less severe penalty. That's what drew attention was that it was four games. That's a or quarter like, of the season. The dude's got to wear a fucking pink helmet for this game. <laughs> I mean, just something goofy. Hey, in October, that's actually a good marketing ploy. Yeah, they do um, that. <laughs> I, what, what, what we're seeing here is... This is this is the definition of leading from behind. Like you have no idea what you're actually doing. And you thought you could get away with just sort of, oh, um, if they don't want to participate, they don't have to. They can just go chill in the back. If they do, it's a fine. Well, okay, but that means that it's fineable, which means that it's an offense, which means that something has to well, be done about this. They weren't getting fined if they stayed in the back. They were right. only getting fined if they came out and then did and then protested. 
That was the only thing that was considered a violation. Staying in the locker room is, was allowed. It was the fact that they, if they came out for the anthem and then broke the stated rule, then they would face a penalty. Is this the proper term here? Is, is this situation uh, fucked? Yeah, it is. Okay. It's like, yeah, how, how much longer do we, like, can this really go on? It's going to continue happening forever for one reason, the president. Uh, no matter what the NFL does on the subject, save uh, shackling every single team employee to the sidelines and using some sort of shock collar to force them to stand at attention and hold their hand over their heart during the anthem, uh, he will publicly uh, criticize and shame the league for whatever it is they decide to do, no matter but, what. So here, here's the thing is like ideologically, right? Like I don't want to get super political on this is the idea that like a conservative says just, I don't care what you do as long as it doesn't like infringe upon my rights or the cases, right? Like I don't, well, I don't care. Traditionally. Yes, that is not what the modern uh, conservative movement right, has like, a tendency to do. Like, you, I, you, we have our constitutional rights to be able to do whatever we want, as long as it doesn't infringe on others' rights. So you do what you do, let me do what I do. Yeah. And yes. let bygones be bygones. When did this all of a sudden become this sort of, like, like... <laughs> Well, oh, we could get into roughly, a whole political science discussion, and I could tell roughly, you. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, 1964. Yeah, I mean, even you know. no, after that, even you had things changed in the early 80s when uh, President Reagan kind of allowed the religious right to take over the party, and then you had things change at the turn of this century and at nine around 9/11 when uh, Karl Rove and President Bush 43 kind of created the neoconservative movement right, and you had all like, of like just, the paid promotion at sporting events and people are kneeling just let them do whatever the fuck they well that's like, the problem it's not and, harming any it's not in people past, chris that's the problem well <laughs> it's not just that it's in the when this first started it wasn't that big of a deal the president made it a big deal because he knew it would score him points with his base yeah and that's what he cares it's, about and that's why it, that's why it won't ways. ever die like that's why it will never And that's die. how fucking gullible this base is. It's like, well, oh, like, all right. I, I, I mean, now we're getting I'm, too but, far down the road here. Yeah. No, it's, no, it's, I, I get that. But it's just like, it's it's ridiculous to me. Like, literally, I don't give a fuck about sports other than MMA, jiu-jitsu, and some kickboxing. If some dude chooses to fucking kneel, who cares? Like, it, I, I just don't understand how this is literally, literally a national problem. Because it plays, it, it's... Again, it just play it plays on people's emotions, and that's sort of the thing in modern politics now is you don't actually solve an issue. You just make people upset about it to the point where they vote against whatever it is that's upsetting them. Right. But, and, yeah, and that's, I, that's I just get it. it, but it's just it's like Yeah. It's it's I don't understand it either, but this is this is kind of the world we live in now. Yeah, and it's just like of of all the other things going will on, never this dude's die. got it like this dude and his followers, his fucking acolytes choose to like like pick your battles like there's other shit well, going on in the world than some dude fucking kneeling or not kneeling like, I, you know it makes for good headlines and retweets and that's basically the end of it um yep. the nfl screwed no matter what it does and this right, is going like, to continue now well into the season no matter what happens um, but will it go away like, no will it, it won't go, go away? away no it won't it, it won't, won't go away the for... only time it goes away is if they do exactly what the president wants them to do 
Like, just here's the can they just ignore him? Like, is, yeah, I mean, that's like, what that's they're doing. Like, I mean, that's essentially that's what they're doing. Um, they're the a lot of the owners feel similarly to the way the president does, so they want something done. They don't want any sort of they, and it's not even that to an extent. They care more about negative publicity for the sport and the league, and and that fact that it might lose them a dime. Because it didn't really affect them as much as people who like to spin the numbers and say the controversy affected the league's ratings. It didn't. Ratings for sports on television in general all across the board were down last year. Um, there's a lot of other factors at play. Um, but if it left, made one fan change their mind about buying a ticket or buying a jersey or watching a game, uh, the owners don't want to do that. They need to protect their billion-dollar cow. So they want something done about it. And the union, the union is kind of in the middle here because they have players telling them protect our rights and they have players telling them uh, we don't care. And, you know, there are players telling them, well, you know, it's going to hurt our wallets too if the sport takes a hit. Gosh, I wish I wish the uh, MLB players cared as much as the fucking NFL players <laughs> Right, like, but I just—I was just—I don't know. Like, it's—it's it's amazing to me that something so, in my my own un, you know, unbiased, I guess. Well, I, I do share a lot of bias, but my sort of like, I don't have any stake in either side. That this is literally still an issue. It's—it's—it's it's, it's amazing, but it will, it will continue to be. Is, so, um, just like the next story, which is another football controversy. And we're talking about CTE and concussions and football potentially being a cause of CTE vis-a-vis chronic collisions to the skull. (laughs) Um, Larry Fedora, the head coach of the University of North Carolina football team. Yeah, they have one. um, (laughs) Decided to talk to reporters at ACC Media Day this week and said... He doesn't think football causes... He doesn't think it's been proven that football causes CTE. And the game is safer than it's ever been. Uh, He then went on to say that football is under attack. Uh, When asked by whom, uh, I actually watched the clip of this, he paused for a good 10 seconds and could not come up with an answer. Uh, Because he didn't know know how to say liberal media, right? uh, Right, right. And then... Uh, went on to news. say that if uh, football changes, uh, it could hurt our country because he spoke <laughs> to a general and asked what made America's military the strongest in the world. And he claims the general told him it's because the U.S. is the only country that plays football beginning with when people are children. And that, you know, every soldier in that general's command had played football at some point, and the lessons learned informed their military service and made our military uh, the strongest in the world. And if we stop playing football, then we are going to struggle as a nation. There is, this guy's there's just well. so much bullshit to unpack in that sentence. Yeah, it's pretty high. Uh, let's get your waders on and let's, let's dive in. 
It's not Trump. His last name's not Trump. No. no. Um, so like bringing in bringing in the military is probably honestly the part of this that I can't stand. That's yeah. That's like everything agreed. else that he's saying. Everything else that he's saying is just. Uh, okay, sure, it's it's horse shit and it's pointless and it's baloney and whatever. But when you are using the military, the, the men and women who fight in our volunteer army as a way to promote your sport, specifically saying that not only are they necessary, but without them, America isn't great because people aren't playing football. <laughs> that takes a level of balls that I just don't have. I don't have those. I, like, I'm wondering if he has severe back problems. I'm wondering if he maybe suffered from some sort of very specific elephantitis because those are enormous testicles. And as much as I want to rail against him, I'm kind of impressed. He's a creative fella. <laughs> I mean, like, to make leaps of logic is one thing. And, <laughs> of course, you know, correlation is not causation. But yes, every public school child in America has at some point or another played football, right? It's in some form, whether it's flag football, touch football, you know, unless you're, but, but, but to say that that's the reason why our military is great is, man, I, I, I don't. I mean, did he think that up on the fly, or did he have to plan that out? Like, is this he an claims, answer he had he given claims, before? He claims a general told him this, but he wouldn't I specify like, uh, where, or yeah, who. or when, or whom. Yeah, it's um, it's a very very oh a general that guy. It was it was that guy. Yeah. Um. Now for now for the university <laughs> part, because you have to remember, this guy works for an institute of higher learning. Uh, not only that, but UNC Chapel Hill is one of the foremost research universities in the country. Right, um, that's true. I mean, that doesn't mean he did research there. Well, no, but I'm saying this is a man who's publicly representing an institution where some of its employees may actually be researching this topic and might be knowledgeable on the subject. Yeah, but I mean, like, how much? It's not like he do doesn't have access to the information. Really, I, I'm, I'm sure he's not. Not my point. Right Right, right, right. Not my point. His boss, the athletic director, said uh, Larry poorly communicated his point, which is his concern for players and their safety. <laughs> um, I, I don't know about that. I really don't know about that. But also, um, I'm reading here, and there was more to what Fedora said than what we were being told initially. After he said, I'm not sure that anything's proven that football itself causes CTE, he said, my understanding is that repeated blows to the head cause it, so I'm assuming that every sport we have, football included, could be a problem with that as long as you've got any kind of contact. Now that sounds a lot better than the quote that was getting pushed on television. That's a okay, much true quote. However... It's still it's still willfully ignorant though. Yeah, I mean it is, is, but it's I mean he's okay, the whole part the whole let let's divide, let's let's decouple some things here. Let's talk about the the first part, which is the he's not sure that football's been proven to cause CTE, but that, you know, collisions to the head do. Um All right, he's somewhat mistaken. Is he separating about the research? Yeah, like 
he's right in the one hand that it is repeated trauma to the head and brain causes CTE. That's what's been proven. And there's a huge percentage of football players who end up with it because of repeated blows to the head over a period of years. So, yes, football causes CTE in that respect. But it's not the only thing that causes CTE. And that was, I think, what he was trying to get at. But he doesn't clearly have a grasp of the information. Um, and it is a concern for almost every contact sport. Soccer soccer is rethinking headers in its game for they've children. Been, they've been doing that for some time, actually. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, any, any sport kids, where, right? where you get hit in the head a lot, and that's lacrosse, that's, you know, a whole bunch of different sports. Hockey, um, there's a lot of collision sports. So it's not just football. Football, because it's high profile, and because football players were the initial uh, subjects of research in this field, uh, football gets a lot of pub for this, but it's not just football that is under scrutiny now because of this. Um, now, this is... all the other stuff... Yeah. <laughs> all the other stuff we can talk about now, which is about Larry Fedora himself and his tenuous grasp on reality... By the way, I like that a meme said all this, so that's cool. What? Have you never seen the Fedora meme? No. Do you not know that no, one? No, I don't know that <laughs> Okay, okay. Quick pause. Um, Tom, I need you to Google the following letters. M apostrophe lady. L-A-D-Y. Milady. Milady. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm Googling. Oh, Jesus. What is, what is this going Oh, it's a guy with a neck beard and a fedora hat. Really? I, is this is what pro- we spent... I spent time on this? Oh, yes, yes. You'll never get those 14 seconds back as long as you live. No, I won't. Yeah. Fine. Fine. Larry, 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 look at my neck beard, milady fedora. <laughs> oh, now it's... Fu- fuck you. Now it's funny. Okay, Well, fine. yeah, because, you know, look at my neck beard. That was funny. Anyway. Um, so uh, if, if you're a parent, let's say, okay, two out of three of us are parents, uh, of human children. Um, (laughs) I was like, somebody has fur babies. Yeah, that's true. Two out of three of us, two out of three of us have, have children that could one day play football. Theoretically. Theoretically. Yeah. Your cats aren't going to play football. Well, the kitty bowl, I guess. Yeah. There's there's the kitty bowl. There is the kitty bowl. Anyway, if your kid, if your son is a player at the University of North Carolina, are you concerned that they play for Larry Fedora? If my son is playing for Larry Fedora, then I probably have made peace with this issue a long time ago. I I agree. (laughs) No, no. Like, that's actually it's funny because, like, you, you mentioned that way. You know, I, I work with guys who have sons as well and who are quite a bit older than Connor. Um, like one of them is six and the other is eight. So they're at the age where they're starting to get into like peewee sports or other cases. And, you know, I, I spoke to both of them as fathers. I'm like, you know, I know you guys played football and, and whatnot. Like, do you have concerns, especially with all the mounting evidence nowadays, for your boys because there's a good chance that they're going to either want to play football or, or you guys just being the types of dads that we all tend to be, you know, we, we want to 
steer them, if you want to call it that, towards what we'd like them to do, like, does that sort of steer you away from putting your kid into something like football? And both of them gave me basically the exact same answer where it was, I'll, whatever it is that they want to do, I will make them aware of the risks, but I will support them in their decisions. And I'm like, I, it's, that's cool, right? But, and granted, I have a baby. I don't have a child who's into things yet other than pulling fucking shit off shelves. Um, I get it. But, like, I'm not – is that a responsible thing for parents to do? You know, and, and there's no right or wrong answer, obviously. Oh, I, I disagree. I, right, I, right. But well, we're getting, I'm not a We're getting off topic. We're getting off topic. What I'm asking is – but the risks if are understood. If you've made your peace with your kid playing football, okay, so the kid's going to play football no matter what, but he's playing for uh, a coach that doesn't uh, recognize the inherent risks, let's say, or, or at least the specific risk of CTE, are you concerned that he's not going to try and limit collisions to the head as much as another coach would who is aware and believes in the risks. Does it change the game that much to allow, like I, I, like I said, I don't know enough about football. If you modify whatever strategies, techniques, or of the cases, it's, it's not to that. limit, you it's, know, the problem, versus... The problem lies in, it's not in the games themselves, because there aren't that many collisions for a lot of players in the course of a particular game. The problem is with collisions in practice. Because you sure. practice five, six days a week for a couple of hours at a time. And so you have a lot more collisions in practice than you would in, in the span of one 60-minute game. And that's compounded over years and years of football practices. So that's, that's the thing where they're, try, that they're trying to, where they're trying to limit collisions to make players safer. It's not necessarily that they're changing the rules of the game specifically because... A lot of the research shows that if if players only had contact with each other during games and they practiced without it, it might mitigate a ton of the risk. Oh, I, I mean, absolutely. I mean, like it's because some of those, a lot of those players play. don't play in the course of a game. They stand on the sidelines, and not every player is involved in a collision on every play. But that's just I'm going back to my original question though. Like, if you're because like people will learn how to game the system given whatever rule set, banning this and that during training, whatever it is. Right. Like so that being said, repetition, repetition, repetition. If you're how much less in term uh, effectiveness is whatever's causing these head collisions, if they're modified to reduce head collisions in training that carry over to the actual gameplay. Like how how less effective are the players going to be? Is it so much so that uh, there are a like lot that, of that's purists where... that would argue a lot? Um, I there's no real data on that yet because this is fairly new. These right. new pra- you know these new types of practices are new and these new rules to limit collisions. But would that would it concern you that this co- this particular coach may not limit collisions in practice where another coach would? Or do you write this guy off as, eh, he's just a crackpot and it's going to be what it's going to be? Well, a, com- I mean, 
Go a ahead. college is in charge. A college is in charge of your child's safety. Sure. They, you, it is. It, I forget the term. They used to say this all the time. Oh yeah, on, you were an uh, RA, right? So, well, but yes. I mean, you were an RA too, so you got some uh, insight into you know student safety at least. Yes, and I was injured on campus as well. I broke my leg playing soccer. Um, the the university has to accept levels of responsibility. It is you, you're it's like parent you're you're like the apparent on can like the most apparent parent or some crap. Right, the right. Yeah, term. I understand what you mean. Yeah, yeah, the, I, the, the gist. So you have to accept levels of responsibility. What the university is doing by allowing this man to continue to coach is basically saying. We accept that he does not accept reality. <laughs> And we're cool with that. So if you're cool with that, you can send your kid here and all of us can get together and believe that ramming your head over and over and over again into a brick wall or another human being wearing pads is totally cool. There is one underlying problem here more than any others and that no matter how many times we guffaw and laugh and, and make fun of this, you know, this meme man, he is probably one of almost every Wee League college and high school right. coach that's out there. Yeah. And there are a lot of football coaches who think the way he does. They mm -hmm. just didn't have a national platform on which to say it. Right. So we don't hear about them. Um, and it will come to pass. It will come to pass because it already has that eventually someone is going to die playing this game specifically from injuries suffered about this game. And it's already happened. This has already happened. This isn't new or different. But it'll come to pass eventually. Someone's going to die. And then someone's going to decide that now is the time to sue. And now we will finally get an answer as to what it is, Jive Turkey. That's when it's going to change. Never before. Well, I mean, there's already been a lawsuit against the NFL Players Association that's, and, and that's that the NFL, got settled though. out of court and kind of swept under the rug. So I don't even yeah, know the, if a lawsuit's going to change things. Well, the NFL can swing that shit. Yeah, it's true. If it bankrupts a small college. Yeah. William and Mary is not going to be able to hang on to this. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, uh, Division Division three Bulldog U or whatever. Yeah, gonna, exactly. You know, fold. And if they've got to pay out finally... a multi-billion, you know, a, a tens of millions of dollar lawsuit. That's when we're going to finally see what's what. It's only after then. And, and that's really the whole story. Like, we can sit here and talk about whatever we want to talk about for as long as we want to talk about it. But this is football in the United States. And no matter what happens, it's going to just stay that way. We can have – I mean, we live in a society where people refuse evidence all the time and say that your fact-based findings mean nothing to me because I feel that I'm right. So what the hell does it matter? <laughs> but it's like carrot and stick, though, right? Like, do you... Because, like, you just said, basically every football coach, ranging from peewee football all the way through college and pros, right? Mm -hmm. it, it, it's... They're... they're it's enculturated, right? It's it's a part of the institution. Like this is just how you train. It's no yeah. different than weight cutting and wrestling. No, absolutely. So you know, so like, to answer to answer Tom's original question, 
if I'm if my if my kid is going to UNC to play football and the UNC coach says I don't buy this whole CTE baloney, then my response is yeah, me neither, because my boy needs to buy me a house. And it's right. I mean, very like, possible it, it, that yeah, yeah, a lot they, of parents think that way. They recognize the risks. Uh, they more than recognize them. They are they are willfully ignorant to it, them. It, is my personal point. I mean, is it a is it a calculated risk? Yeah, sure. Mm, I'll give poorly. that. <laughs> poorly calculated, if anything. But I mean, if that's what they choose to do, I'm, not, I'm by, by no means am I defending them. You know, I, I I'm going to do everything to steer Connor towards limb breaking instead of getting CTE. Um, <laughs> it's. You don't think punches to the head can cause CTE? There's no punching in jujitsu. In jujitsu, no, but in MMA, oh, there's definitely but, takedowns, and there's definitely there. Come on, man. There's a lot that hey, goes into broken joints heal. Uh, I'm right. talking I'm, about I'm head good. trauma. I'm good. Right, right. Yeah, no head trauma. That's the, that's the difference, right? Um. So how do you prevent it, though? Like, do you start finding this guy? Do you have, like, some sort of overseeing body? There, I mean, there is an overseeing body. The conferences sort of mandate, and the NCAA, to an extent, mandates uh, some rules for practices. Um, but, you know, coaches have a lot How of How is that enforced? Right? Like, I mean, that's uh, the thing. It's not, it's not enforced uh, regularly. You know, I mean, it could be that a, a team gets away with it for quite a while. You know, every school has its own... Uh, compliance department they're expected to police themselves but some are better than others and some look the other way to a lot of different things i mean how many corrupt college athletics programs have we talked about on this show alone sure um so you can tell compliance uh compliance departments and officers are uh have varying degrees of attention and ability when it comes to things like this. Mm. So, but I, nothing's going to happen to Larry Fedora until somebody gets really badly hurt. Uh, if that happens, yeah, um, but, what, but they'll just be like, Oh, pre-existing condition, you know, like they'll find some way. Maybe they will. Maybe they will. I don't know. But, uh, you know, he's, the team's been terrible since he's been there. So he may not have his job for more than <laughs> another year anyway. Well, hopefully he can go coach a, uh, an elementary school age football, you know, team. And, <laughs> Start destroying kids' brains at an earlier age. There you go. There you go. That seems like a good place. All right, let's move on to the geek stuff, nerd stuff part, because uh, damn if this sports part hasn't been really heavy. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, we had uh, the uh, mother of all geek events go on this past weekend, and I'm not talking about uh, Rick dressing up as Batman to go to work. I'm talking about... Done that more than once. I... Sadly, I'm aware of this. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm talking about San Diego Comic-Con. The 49th San Diego Comic-Con was over the weekend. And, of course, tons and tons of geek news came out of that. Um, all right. So, leading into this, guys, we talked about several months ago how Marvel Studios was not going to have a presence at Comic-Con. HBO was staying home because there's no new season of Game of Thrones coming up for another year. Um so it was Warner Brothers and DC's opportunity to own it. To seize it. Yes, to seize it and own Comic-Con and own the news coming out of Comic-Con. And, of course, we thought they would fail. 
or uh, basically it's not of course that opportunity be- anyway. It's just you know based upon the facts of that I have discovered from my science based uh, knowledge. Gaming. Sure. Sure. Yes. Not, yes. not one of the three of us has any faith in DC at this point. <laughs> um, I dare you to give me a reason why I should. <laughs> well, I can give you two. Oh. Uh, and they're Aquaman and Shazam. Because <laughs> DC released <laughs> trailers for both. Um, not only were they very well received, but DC succeeded in, for better or for worse, and we'll get to that in a second... Um, owning comic-con this year so let's 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 do the broad strokes first let's quickly uh what did you guys think of the aquaman trailer it was all right it wasn't you know i would put it on par with the excitement that was generated in me in watching like the doctor strange trailer Okay. Man, just sort of like... that. No, 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 no. This is phenomenal. This is fantastic. I I was expecting, uh, you know, to watch a fish shit on itself and call itself a superhero. That that, that we didn't get that at all. <laughs> we got we got what looks like an actual story, including ridiculous catchphrases, over the top, over the shoulder, badass looks at submarine guys. We got action, we got suspense, we got what appears for all intents and purposes to be, as the kids like to say, a movie. All right. I'm with Rick I, on this one. I, you know, wow. I, I, I wasn't, like, the trailer didn't blow me away, but I will say uh, there was a story there that was the Aquaman, the type of Aquaman story I always hoped they would tell as an origin story. It's the, the type of story that, um, if I were going to write an Aquaman movie myself is the angle I would take on the story. It's what makes him relatable. The whole, uh, lost prince returning to his, to save his home kingdom, uh, story, which is very much part of the Aquaman mythology. The movie, the, the action sequences look cool. Uh, Jason Momoa, we already know about his charisma in the part. He was one of the bright spots of justice league. Um, the movie bottom line looks Fun, fun. It it doesn't Something look we terrible. We don't get from DC movies. Yes, it doesn't look terrible, and it certainly looks like I would enjoy watching it. Might not be good, but I would enjoy it. Yeah, Who you know that's the, but that's 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 all it really has to be. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. all it has to be. It has yeah. to be fun. It has to be enjoyable. There, are, most of the Marvel movies aren't going to join the pantheon of AFI's hundred greatest films. But damn, they're fun. And that's, and they're, and that's they're, what these need and to be. They're paint by numbers and they're meh at best, but they're great meh. They're the kind of meh that makes me happy that I was there. So good. Good I mean, on DC. I would, I would go further than meh. Meh, meh to me denotes sort of a, a yeah, indifference. Meh well... But I always will look at films as, you know, I want them to be something You want them all grandiose. to be the Godfather? Yes. Well, yeah. Technically, I want them all to be Kane. If you're comparing Tec- Ant-Man to Citizen Kane, then you're going you're gonna to hurt yourself every time. You're not wrong, but that's just how I am. Like, I can't help what I am. Yeah, I know. Not by you the Sailor yourself. Man. <laughs> well, I do hate myself, that is for sure. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Shazam. What did you guys think of the Shazam trailer? Shazam was awesome. 
I I had that one definitely, and I think it's it's captured the essence of Shazam really well in terms of like what draws us as just comic fans to Shazam is the idea of you know if we were just a regular dude and somebody given powers, how would you sort of handle it? Especially most of us started reading comics at like a sort of pubescent yeah. age, yeah, I guess. Billy Batson is you know. fourteen, like. Think about and, and yourself just, at at fourteen. What would you have and, done? Right, like, and they've. I don't see how Shivana actually fits into it at all, other than just kind of running into him. Um, I'd like to learn more, but this is also just a teaser, right? Yeah, um, yeah. This is not the full trailer. I, I'm glad that they've embraced like the the funness. Like you mentioned it in the last, you know, about Aquaman. This is like. Superheroes don't need to be super serious all the time, which is obviously sort of the not wrong turn, but a <laughs> sideways turn that the DCEU took for a little bit there. But like they're finally realizing like not everything needs to be this sort of like morose. I think Rick, you described a while back where like they're seeking to make film. Yeah, that's instead what we of just a movie. So right? we just like, mentioned. Um, okay. I, there is no one on this show, maybe even this in this world, that, that is less excited about DC Comics cinema than I am. Uh, it, partly because I'm such a big DC Comics guy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, forever and ever. Amen. There is also no one who is less excited about the Shazam movie. I, I am both of those people. Disagree? Anyone? No. No. Um, this looks great. His that, muscles still look fake, though. Oh, I don't. I don't even. In in the context of the film, now the suit does look terrible, but it's a terrible that I'm okay with. It's a hokiness. It looks now like oh, it's magic. Okay, well, magic isn't real. So Zach Braff, I don't buy as a superhero. Not Zach for a Levi? moment. Whatever, same guy. No, not the same <laughs> guy. No, it's <laughs> the Scrubs anyway. guy, right? It's, yeah, it's like it's like Jesse Eisenberg and Michael Sarah. They're literally the same person. Um, <laughs> so both of, the, but 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 that is okay because in this preview, I saw silliness and ridiculousness and lots of comic book nerd Easter eggs, and you know what? I was able to just sort of sit on my couch and watch the preview and go. God damn, this is, this is interesting. Like this, I I might be wrong about this. And that's all I want. I just, I want to be wrong so bad. All I want out of life We're isolating that, using that clip. When have I ever said anything to the other when it comes to these movies? Oh, but I'm using this out of context for everything from now on. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. You are a piece of open the show with it next week. <laughs> but I'm That's with I'm, I'm, I'm with you guys again. I, I this movie also looks fun and Shazam like the hokiness works for Shazam. He's been one of the hokiest of all the DC heroes. He has a fucking talking tiger. <laughs> Actually, I didn't see it in that. You know, it's not in the movie. I'm sure. Well, Talkie they got to CGI will be, the shit out of that uh, first. Hey, man, he's not going to be in the movie. It'll be a stuffed sure animal in the background or something. Uh, it's not going to be. No, he's the wizard. Now, I, I, I loved, I loved these movies. What, what you know, it's just so not in my repertoire to be excited by a DC movie. 
And I'm happy to say that as excited as I am about these movies, DC didn't disappoint me. They did drop <laughs> one hell of a shitty, shitty trailer. And I want to talk about it. Yeah, now. we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. I also yeah. want to mention that they did show some footage, very early footage from the Wonder Woman sequel uh, at the panel. It was also well received. Uh, they haven't released that footage, but uh, Gal Gadot and Chris Pine and Patty Jenkins were there to talk to fans. And uh, from all reports of what the footage showed, we're getting more uh, of the same from the team behind the first Wonder Woman. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, so now let's talk about the really terrible DC trailer. Right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and this is going to lead into another segment. Oh, yes. Look at all this. Yes, it will. There is no one on this show who hates DC movies. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Without the preface, let's go. Okay. Holy shit, what happened to the Teen Titans, dude? Yeah, the no, trailer no. for the Titans. Titan, yeah, the trailer for Titans looks pretty bad. Because they're um, serious. In case you're not aware, Titans was initially developed for TNT. And uh, TNT said, mm, no, we're not going to do this. And so... Hard pass. <laughs> DC decided... Uh, DC decided they were going to make it one of their first uh, original series for their streaming service, which we now know is called the DC Universe. Oh, man. Uh, I don't know where to begin with the problems with this trailer. <laughs> I, I think I have an idea. Yeah. Oh, there's the one Tom, the thing everyone's talking about. Well, yeah, well hang on. Let me, let me, yeah. let me ask you a question, because it's important that we ask questions on this show. Without questions, there can be no answers. Uh-huh. If I told you that in the history of Batman lore, there was one specific Robin who was known for being incredibly violent, who yeah. would that be? Uh, Damien. Damien. Um, could you Jason. go as far? Yeah, I was going to say, could you go as far as to say maybe Jason Todd as well? Sure. Well, post, post Robin Jason Todd. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Red Hood. Red Hood. Yeah. Jason Red Todd. Hood. Yeah. Resurrected Jason Todd. Not as Robin. Sure. But sure. Um, we yeah. also know we also know from some of the Batman Beyond lore and things like that that when push comes to shove, Tim Drake can even Tim, yeah can become can become well very evil. violent evil <laughs> even yes yes absolutely okay yeah so of all of that uh, possibilities, what if I told you that the violentest thing in this whole shebangabang would be none other than Dick Grayson? The only Robin never to be a giant sack of shit. <laughs> and that's the thing is what's interesting is like he's he's always supposed to, has always been the counterpoint to Batman, right? Like, right. He's been the light where Batman has been the dark. He he was the yang and the and, oh my god, the one thing. And what does he do, Tom? What does he do, Chris? He says one line that yeah. sums it all up, doesn't he? Well, it? yeah, he says, he says, fuck Batman. And it yeah. looks like he kills two guys. We're not sure. Doesn't, doesn't, We're not sure because the lighting is really dark. Oh, <laughs> really, Tom? Really? We're going to do this? Well, we don't know. We really don't know, but it sure looks like it. That's, and that's enough. on a man's throat and face, Tom. That doesn't mean he's dead. No. <laughs> Just like how Batman was dragging that guy behind him in the Batmobile, but he's yeah. probably still alive. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Release the Snyder Cut. Um. <laughs> you fuckers. <laughs> you goddamn fuckers. <laughs> anyway, I, I can tell you exactly why. I mean, we know why they used Dick Grayson, despite the characterization not being 
consistent with the comic, and it's because he's the most well-known of the Robins. And because they're making Nightwing. Well, eventually, I'm sure, yeah. Uh, but this doesn't tie this into the movies Nightwing. or its he's own... Even, this is its own thing. It's not even Nightwing. No, he's Robin. But let's let's so yeah so the so Robin is like dark and then of course edgy because he says fuck so that makes him edgy. Um, <laughs> what an edge lord! Yeah, um, but let's talk about some of the other Titans we saw in this. <laughs> uh, well, I like Starfire, I liked the- whose powers were taken and her name taken very literally <laughs> <laughs> because she Fire apparently stars. fires stars out of her hands. <laughs> Uh, we saw uh, Beast Boy. Did uh, we though? Well, did I mean, we? we saw a guy yeah, named Gar green. who was green, but he didn't turn in anything. We saw Green Boy. We didn't yeah, see no we Beast saw green Boy. Boy. We saw we saw a very frightened Raven. Yeah, that was. <sighs> I like that Raven looks like every horror movie villain ever. That's cool. <laughs> and who else did we see? Is that it? I feel like that's it, but really, once Robin steps on that guy's face and they make the noise, yeah, it all kind of goes away. Oh, we saw we saw glimpses of Hawk and Dove. Oh, I only saw Dove, and I thought of all of all the people to be caught up in this horseshit. Of course, it's Dove. (laughs) Well, yeah, there were flashes of of the capes of Hawk and Dove. Um, But even Dove cuts a guy's leg off while like slicing her wings through his leg. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, she kind of does. So remember when we talked about uh, DC Universe and how we determined sort of a price point at which <laughs> um, we or I would pay for it and not? Um, and I said I would definitely get the free trial to watch the pilot for Titans to see if it's any good. <laughs> I, I don't even want to do that now. <laughs> Do you need to see the pilot? I Tom? don't. I see. I think I've seen all I need to see at this point. Um, so you're maybe, going all in. You're... Maybe just maybe, maybe I'll try it out when I see a trailer for Swamp Thing or or you know, uh, uh, Doom Patrol or you know something else. But uh, not not for this. Um, <laughs> however, when they released the trailer for Titans, we also found out how much it is going to cost to get this universe. Um, and they're taking pre-orders now, uh, if you're into that. Um, $74.99 for a year, or if you don't want to pay for the whole year at once, $7.99 a month, which is the same price, if you're scoring at home, of the most basic Netflix plan. And you get not... so much with that, Tom. Yeah, you, they... I mean, you, you get quite a bit, but you don't get what you would get with Netflix. <laughs> But I could read Action Comics number one now, Tom. Great. Great. And you can get on a message board with other DC fans who will all be calling for release the Snyder Cut because that's who oh, the streaming service is made spam. for. It won't be spam there. They'll welcome you as one of their own. Good. I will. Nerds need an overlord. And for $7.99, they're about to get one. To rule in hell. To rule in hell. (laughs) So are you guys, obviously Rick's not willing to pay the $7.99 for this. I wasn't willing to pay the $1.99 for it. $7.99. I know. And they are offering a free, uh, is it five-day trial or one-week trial? Five days. Five days. (laughs) Look, man. (laughs) 
They need to squeeze every nickel they can out of everyone. Like, no binge watching for you. <laughs> <laughs> Try to YouTube red me. The, um... Why? What, what a happened? pile of shit. What, what a pile of shit. Oh, man. I really need somewhere. You know You know what? I, I, I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this, though. This is the one part that they, they do got me at. It's really genuinely hard to find uh, the DC films and anim- the animated films. Yeah. In one like spot. Th- those are hard to come by. Did you Amazon know that? Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. Yeah. Harley and Batman. Are several, right several. Now. And so is uh, the, the one with Adam West and William Shatner, Batman and Robin versus two face. Several, mm. mo- a lot of the DC animated films are on Amazon Prime, either yeah, free I'm, I'm with just, Prime just... or for purchase. I'm just trying. I'm just trying to get All Star Superman. Like that's the only one I want that I don't have. Yeah. Um. Anyway, gonna be gonna be hard to get me to pay seven ninety nine for the HD uh, uh, Batman the animated series uh, version. Man. I, well, I mean, uh, it's coming out on Blu-ray, so. You don't <laughs> oh, I guess I could. To. I guess I could just go buy it, couldn't I? <laughs> right. Right, that's the thing. That's that. That was one of their big selling points. Is for the first time ever, Batman the Animated Series is available. Will be available in high definition on DC Universe. But uh, they also announced that was one of the big things they did a panel for at Comic Con was uh, it's coming out on Blu-ray. So uh, you don't really need to have DC Universe to catch animated series in HD. Um, but they're also going to have all the DC animated films. Um, all of the DC live action movies, it looks like. Um, oh, good. At the very, at the very least, all of the hits. Burton Batman's, Christopher Reeve Superman's, uh, and that classic Supergirl movie. Hey, you know, I, I, I have been a big fan of the other Slater, who's not actually related. <laughs> nice. Well done, Thank sir. You. Um, Thank you. And then. You know, a lot of original programming, not just Titans. There's an animated Harley Quinn series. There's a new season of Young Justice, uh, which they showed a trailer yeah, for at Comic Con. Pretty worth it for there, just because Young You're Justice. You're a fan of Young Justice, yeah. I've never yeah, seen yeah. It. Well, the show that I'm most interested in, um, which we haven't talked about yet, that's uh, yet to debut, is this new show called Hard Pass. <laughs> really looking into Hard pass on yeah. this one um, yeah there seems to be um a disconnect shocker <laughs> between uh what dc thinks uh people are willing to pay and what they want to charge for their service now dc points out uh not there you're not just getting the video content there's a, a you know a exclusive community mem- you know message board type thing for fans that's there's oh, exclusive good, merchandise through the sh- you know through the app that you can buy and digital comics um you'll also have access to a, a pretty big library of digital comics um as part of the subscription so there's a value add in there but it ain't a seven ninety nine <laughs> value add for me. That's for sure. That's for sure. This is um. So I think we're gonna have this... to deputize Chris to buy this for a week <laughs> or whatever a month and just kind of scope it out. I like that. That's moved from me to Chris, so that's cool. <laughs> I'll I'll do it for seven ninety nine. I'll even forget about it and keep paying for it, even if I don't use it. <laughs> oh, God. And that's what DC's counting on. It's exactly. Fans just like you. They just Planet Fitnessed me. 
like I just think it's funny that of all the things that Chris doesn't pay for, and somehow he gets roped into this shit. <laughs> I I really liked Young Justice, man. Like, I mean, not that this dude. Is, I like Young Justice too, but no, 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 no. We're not we're not doing this. I'm I'm not gonna be a part of this chicanery. And I am DC fanboy. But, but I, Rick, you'll get every episode of Batman: The Brave and the Bold. And I did like I, I did like that. That show. was actually kind of fun. And, yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, and, and I think Justice, Justice League. League is going to be on there. Yeah, I already have all limited. those. I, I bought the tin. I got the uh, I got the tin. What else? There was another another crappy Batman show. Uh, beware the Batman. The Batman. Beware the Batman. Ooh, yeah, beware the Batman. Batman. That's, that's one of those that's is going to be on joke. there. The the Joker with the dreadlocks is that that one? Yeah, that's that one. Yeah. Okay, that one. Yeah. Know. Yeah. So there's, you know, lots of lots of stuff on there. <laughs> I I can't. I'm not doing it. I just can't. But at some point, I'd imagine the DCEU or DC Worlds of DC movies <laughs> will be on there. Right? I would imagine if they're not there at launch. It's, I mean, they're not currently a... available on any other streaming service. So I have a feeling Warner's is holding them back for this. They're just yeah, holding out on that. Okay. I mean. Um, so yeah, wouldn't, that wouldn't surprise me in the least. Uh, but yeah, it's funny you mentioned that Chris, because it looks as if, and it's not official, it hasn't been confirmed, but during the Warner brothers panel, when they spoke about DC films, uh, they flashed a new, uh, message on the board for fans saying the welcome to the worlds of DC. So now people are speculating, uh, some, some websites, <coughs> comic book resources, uh, yeah. <laughs> are just out and out saying, yeah, this is the thing, even though no one's official has said that. Um, well, CBR is waiting for us to report on it so that they can declare it well, fact. Well, good. Hi, CBR. It, um, that's the ultimate Arabarus, right? Like the, the snake eating its own. Like, yeah, yeah. we're using a story from them for content that they're going to then use from us yeah, to corroborate. They're going to use as story. confirmation, right? Like, yeah, we have a second source now. Yeah. <laughs> What that's, source are they citing as their original source? Not important. That's internet <laughs> journalism for you, folks. Anyway, um, they're claiming that uh, the DC movie universe will now be called the Worlds of DC, which will open the tent, of course, for these what were uh, known to fans as the Elseworlds movies that they were doing, like the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie. Uh, and potentially, which, which appears to be adding Robert De Niro. I heard on a very reputable, That's, well, reputable apparently website. he's in talks. Yeah, um, <laughs> he's so in talks. Robert De Niro. Yeah, he's playing uh, uh, supposedly a talk show host. I don't know. Um, <laughs> what? Don't just. <laughs> Why not Falcone? If you think about it for too long, you'll get an aneurysm. Um, <laughs> so he could have been a Falcone. Oh God. So let's unpack this for a moment because everyone is saying, oh, well, it, the DCEU is now the worlds of DC. Uh, the, the term DCEU was never official. No. Right. Some, that was internet journalist, DC... some internet journalist made it up and then people just sort of adopted it because Warner Brothers didn't want to call it anything. Um, and so now we're moving on to a new seemingly unofficial title. <laughs> Which Bullshit. Is DC. <laughs> right now, the only official title for anything DC related that comes out of Warner Brothers is DC Films, and that's just their production umbrella. Like Lucasfilm. Um it's not Well, you know, you know what we universe. you know what we need, Tom? You know what we need what more we than need? anything? What do we need? We need another uh investors meeting. 
<laughs> That's right. We need some shareholders to come together uh, so that Warner Brothers can actually make an announcement about anything. Because anything. that was the thing distinctly missing from the Warner Brothers panel at Comic-Con was yeah, we... announcements about other upcoming films. Um, I mean, we got look... no announcement about like they had officially announced in the press the week before the Joker movie. But one would have thought maybe they would have brought Todd Phillips and Joaquin Phoenix to Comic-Con. Uh, didn't happen. Uh, there was no movement. Hey, hey, on... hey, hang on a second, Tom. I'm getting a lot of Chris ears, so yeah. I'm wondering if he fell asleep. Chris, no, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> um, we didn't get any announcements about any upcoming uh, movies tied to the other DC movies we've seen, like Wonder Woman and Batman versus Superman. There was no word on the the Birds of Prey movie or the Harley Quinn Joker movie or Suicide no, Squad I Two. There's... Um, nothing, nothing. Oh, did did you see? Um, speaking of things that we didn't hear, did you see that there is um a uh, I guess a rumor, a belief that. <laughs> This is going to be great. The Shazam movie may be what helps bring Black Adam into the DCEU. Well, the, the, <laughs> the director of Shazam during the panel hinted that there might be a mention of Black Adam somewhere in the Shazam movie. But which... shouldn't there be? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> where the hell else would they put it? <laughs> like, isn't that kind of like, yeah, of course. What am I missing here? Right. Like, duh. Like, you know, at least hinted him as the villain for the sequel to say, hey, he exists and you're going to meet him soon. Like, of course. It's like, let's introduce Lex Luthor in, in a, you know, in a fucking Flash movie. It makes no sense. <sighs> I, I wanted to throw that. Out. All know, right. So what, what, right. what else we got? This All is right. a smorgasbord of shit. Yeah. So, so we've got we've got a little more DC stuff that came out. Uh, we've got Batwoman is uh, going to be joining the CW's Arrowverse. Uh, she's going to make her debut during this season's uh, big crossover event uh, among the, what is it, oh, five? I don't know. There's like 150 uh, DC shows on the CW now, and they're all going to cross over. Um, are there any bad characters, though? There are no bad characters. This is a first. I mean, they've used Ra's al Ghul on Arrow, mm-hmm. but there have been no members of the Bat family used on the CW yet uh, until now. Uh, we're and there get... still won't be. Why is that? Well, Batwoman isn't specifically part well, of the Bat true. family. I mean, yeah, she has, she's a bat and she's from Gotham, but that's about it. Um, she's not cu- tied to Batman really at all, which is why they can use her. They're cousins. Oh, are they? Yeah. Cassandra Kane is... No, Kathy, Kathy... No, no, no. no, this is Kathy Kane. Batwoman, not Batgirl. Yeah. Oh, cousins. my bad. Okay. They, uh... The one her, with the red hair that came out yeah, after uh, their, their New cousins, 52, according think, to, New, or, to Rebirth canon, I guess. Yeah. Um, That's news to me. But then after her debut in the Arrowverse, she's going to get her own series next year, um, which makes perfect sense for the CW. She's an LGBT character, a female lead. Um, it'll pair perfectly on a night with Supergirl or Legends of Tomorrow or whatever. Um you know, so it makes perfect sense that they'll use Batwoman. Uh, but she's, we're going to get our first Bat family character. Uh, and then we heard from Jeff Johns. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've been waiting for this. Please, um, please, Tom. 
Elaborate. <laughs> so Jeff Johns was asked about the Green Lantern movie, the Green Lantern Corps, that he's currently writing. And he says he's going to reinvent the mythology for this movie like he did in Green Lantern Rebirth. Uh, wait. Hmm. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> what does that mean? It means literally nothing because there is no Green Lantern mythology in the movies. The Green Lantern movies are connected there's too to much any mythology of this. In the movies. Well, in that one movie, yeah, but it's not connected to any of this. You're not reinventing shit, Jeff. You're introducing it for the first time. That's what you're doing. Why, why make a bigger deal out of it than it is? Maybe, not reinventing maybe just to sort anything. of like, I mean, to make mention of the original Green Lantern movie, just, you know, because like Hulk, right? And then, like, Incredible Hulk comes out later. Like, they just pretend that Hulk never happened. Right. Maybe he's trying to pay homage to his own fuckery <laughs> of, like, the first one. So Maybe. he's like, I'm reinventing, know. you know. Yeah, I mean, that is what he's doing because he was involved in the first one. So, so he's that. at least mentioning it. Yeah. You know, I, like, I mean, you have a point there. You have a point there, but. I... I'm incredibly skeptical of him being anywhere near this movie. <laughs> I just am. And I will be until I see something that, that proves me wrong. Maybe, though, with Green Lantern. Like, what was the biggest criticism of the first movie? I mean, I can was, say I didn't It like was it. hot garbage. It was adorably <laughs> hot garbage. <laughs> All right. Uh, biggest criticism. Um, boring. Um, let's yeah. see. Uh... Or casting. I see. I and I didn't casting. think the casting was that bad, um, given uh, the characterization of Hal. And I think Ryan Reynolds would have been fine. Um, so was Blake Lively for all of yeah, Carol Ferris. She would have been fine. I don't um, know. I don't see. I've never thought of. Yeah, but that I, I doesn't prefer that. That's not yeah. what's wrong with the movie, though. Yeah, that doesn't matter. Like you don't prefer that actor, but if they're not, if they're fine in the role. Yeah, I guess. Like, yeah, there you is. Work there is. Give it to you, right? But like, there it, is. It was boring. Heaps. The action was not exciting at all. Um, too much mythology for everyone to swallow. It's too uh, much and not enough at the exact same time. <laughs> too much that didn't matter. Yeah. Well, too much that wasn't germane to the story they were trying to tell. There we go. Like they had to they had to go into like some of the colors and shit, and then we had to see Sinestro for what no reason in the post credit sequence. Like that was just a Oh, uh, here, geeks, have an orgasm. Um, but that was... We promise this that. will mean something someday. Right. Wait, never mind. No, it won't, because not enough of you came to see this. Just, Hector Hammond was a terrible choice of villains. Like, was he? Was Hector Hammond that bad of an option? I didn't think so. I mean, like I said, if you read the I original mean, draft of the script that Greg Berlanti, who does all the CW shows now, wrote... Um, he works pretty well, I think. Well, maybe um, he okay. So, but it didn't. It just fell. It fell flat in the end. In the yeah, execution, it was garbage. It fell flat. It, like it just. It was garbage. Yeah, I mean, I'm That's... with you, Chris, in that. Like in the final product, it didn't work. But in this, the the way they originally intended to use him would have worked. Okay, fair. Uh, fair. I've never read the script. Right. Can't speak right. But I mean, well, you can only judge by the movie they made, and yeah, and, and it, it, it was didn't work. Not good in that sense exactly. i mean like so what if they do more like an nypd blue type of thing but it's green lanterns instead and there's actual 
Yeah, but that's not what's going to happen because Jeff Johns said that he's going to focus on you know mythos and well, canon. Well, he's not going to and... focus on it, but he said you know, it's going to be more. It's going to be about more than just Is Hal and John Stewart teaming up. So yeah, it's going to be a lot of mythology in there. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be garbage. I have a feeling. I have a feeling we may see Saint Walker for no good reason in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Just a few. I do like me some Saint Walker, that's for sure. Hey, I think he's great. I don't think he belongs in a first one. <laughs> that's all. Just they might not have another chance at this, John. Like John. Well, let, they might not have another chance at this, Tom. Take two. Use take two. <laughs> so, you know, we gotta we gotta shoehorn it. Listen, if Justice League was any indication, there's just shoehorning. We gotta we gotta get all this shit in there. We don't got two takes. Get everything. Get everything. <laughs> Use it all. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Let's move on off of uh, DC stuff now and on to uh, something that's not part of the two major comic companies. We got a trailer for Glass, guys. Did you watch this? I have not seen it yet. But oh. I've actually, uh, wait. I've I I have I have two things to say about it. One, I still haven't seen a uh, split. So I'm kind of avoiding Glass until I get the chance to see Split. That's a good two, idea. I will tell you that's two, a good idea. I do not need to be sold on this. This yeah, will be I know. day You're going one for no me. matter what. Yeah. Um, but I will. I, you're smart in doing that because the trailer for Glass will spoil Split for you. So yeah. you're better off avoiding it until you see that movie. And see it, you should, because it is very, very good. It's Yeah, it's just a good movie. Well, away. and I know. Yeah, I know and the then it happens to sort of but... tie in at the end. Yeah, but like it's it's just a really good movie. And James McAvoy is amazing in it. So um, I'm excited about it. Tom, this goes all the way back to the big freaking Oracle of Manliness. And even, even a little before, before that, even before, even that. before this yeah. was this, this, this movie, this trilogy was one of the first things that I ever um, sighed and forlorned about. If you're not, if you've known me long enough and you specifically Tom have that the reason why the end of um, uh, Unbreakable is so weird and so awkward was that it was always supposed to have been a trilogy. Always supposed to have been a trilogy. And it, it, it did, didn't do well, and it didn't. It, it was a lot of issues, so it never came to pass. And here we are. Here we are. We're getting the third. Oh, my God. We're getting the third movie. Yeah, this which is, is great. It's really interesting. I, I, I've thought about this a lot, and that I, I sincerely doubt initially that Split was the movie that, M. Night Shyamalan envisioned would be the sequel to Unbreakable. Um, but, like, I imagine the glass that we're getting w was what was in his head as the second right. movie in the series, but things being what they are, he created this really cool movie called Split and decided, I can tie this in and maybe backdoor us into a third, you know, into bringing back the Unbreakable characters. Um, which is fine. That's great. Um, Shyamalan's calling Glass his love letter to comic book fans. Um, I will tell you, it looks great. The trailer, the trailer didn't need to sell me, but it looks really cool. And, uh, you know, it's just neat to have an original, uh, superhero movie. That's very rare these days. Um, mm -hmm. and then one with these kind of stars attached to it. Uh, I, I think we're in for something kind of special. And uh, for those of you who maybe weren't interested or never checked, try and find an original special edition 
of Unbreakable. If it's still, if they're still out there, I have that whole uh, has the that has the uh, the um, the Alex oh, Ross the, art. Thank you. The yep. Alex Ross art included all of these incredible Easter eggs. I, the The first Unbreakable was a love letter to comic book fans, and it's why I'm so vehement about my adoration for it. Because before then, we you know we got X Men and Spider Man, and those were those were fun. But this was something else entirely, and it was so cool. And then it just all went to hell at the because it didn't get the backing it needed, and it you wasn't know, it, it wasn't marketed very improperly. Yeah. It absolutely yeah. was. They did they worked really hard to hide the twist, which I get, and they were they marketed as this is the next movie from the guy who did the Sixth Sense, so people went in expecting something that this movie was not. And, and I re- if I remember correctly, I, do they market it as literally a superhero film? No, not at no, all. No, no, not at all. It was not it at was, all. It was kind of it like was shunned. Bruce Willis is uh, unbreakable, and he doesn't know what's happening to him. It was kind of like a body horror, maybe supernatural. We don't know what's going on with him, um, kind of thing. It wasn't marketed as a superhero thing at all. And I will, I would say, if that movie were released. 10 years ago instead of 18 years ago, mm-hmm. it would have oh, been a huge a, hit. Yeah. I am um, just from a matter of expectation. I remember seeing it the first time thinking it was going to be some more like a big action film. Exactly. Not, yeah. you know, not realizing it was um, what it was. And then having, when I watched it the second or third time is when I really appreciated it a lot more. Um, which I mean, that speaks to the depth of the story, you yeah. know, and, and just the movie itself. Um, Split was the same way, you know. I knew nothing of the whole Unbreakable. I don't think anybody did, you know. Nobody saw this no, that one coming. It was, it was that was kept way under wraps because if they had announced it, no one would have cared. It was a movie everyone had forgotten about. Right, but but it drew so much attention just from us going, "What?" You know, that it it you know if you didn't. Ah, well, Rick hasn't seen it, so. But it, it's, you know, if Unbreakable, like you said, was released in the last ten years for sure, where where comic book movies have become a little bit more recognized, especially with the Dark Knight and the Nolan trilogy and stuff like that, we we appreciate it more. But anyways, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right, and. So, but I think we're getting something very special with Glass, and even even if it's not main like successful in the mainstream, this is going to be a really cool reward and thank you from M Night Shyamalan to all the people that have loved Unbreakable for so long. Um, all right, so we have another little quick thing, and that is they showed some footage from Venom at Comic Con. They didn't release it. But they people saw Venom in all his glory instead of just a quick shot of him. Um, it was well received. Uh, the people behind the movie say, "No, this isn't connected to Spider-Man, but we hope someday maybe it will be." Uh, and then they revealed who the villain is, and it is one of the other symbiotes. It's Riot, uh, who Venom will fight, and they've said Venom may fight a couple of other symbiotes. And then there's been some speculation that Woody Harrelson is playing. Cletus Cassidy, Carnage. That's tremendous casting. If that's true, no, I it agree. isn't. 
You don't think so? No, man? like no, natural I born killers. Terrible. I think that's terrible casting. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Because Rick's been I, watching a lot of Cheers, and he sees Woody as Woody Boyd now. No, 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 no. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do – it actually has everything to do with my, my disdain for the casting for Spawn. I don't want aging villains and heroes. If we're uh. going to start something, then get me somebody in their 30s. Get me somebody in their very mm, early okay. 40s, maybe. Fair. Like, uh, my buddies and I, we went on a run uh, this weekend, and they were like, oh, you told me the Spawn movie wasn't coming out. That's not happening. Da, da, da. And they're, you know, they're razzing me for it, and rightfully so. <clears throat> but on the same token, we've got, in the Spawn movie, you've got uh, um, fantastic actor Jamie Foxx and fantastic actor Jeremy Renner. And both of those guys have a combined age of 90. So that's not, that's not tenable. It's, it's not tenable. Maybe, I think it's cool. I think in in Spawn's case and with Carnage, those are two sort of mocap CGI characters. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, like, okay, and like, I knew you were going to. At, I knew well, you were... because look at Robert. Look at Robert Downey Jr. Okay, Robert Downey's in his fifties. He was in his late forties when Iron Man came out, the first one. Most of the stuff he does is him on a black background talking to a camera. It's just his head. Everything else is I, CG. I knew you were going to do this. Okay. I have something for that as well. Okay. I'm going to actually go even beyond that and go to James Spader as Ultron. Uh-huh. Okay. I am to the point now in my life where I hear differently. I can just, I hear things differently. I've lived long enough that my ears have changed. And I hear, I hear age now. You can hear I know voices. When, yeah. Yeah. I know when someone is aging by their voice. So when I listen to Ultron and I hear Ultron sort of slurring his S's a little bit, as some people do as they get older, not because they're drunks or anything like that, simply because their their teeth are maybe a little bit further than where they used to be or maybe missing or whatever the case may be, or their, their voice box isn't there anymore. Whatever the reason is, you can hear it. I don't care if the character is completely CGI'd. If I know that they're an older person, it's going... It's going to bother me. Now, maybe I'm wrong. I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again. But I don't like the idea of this. I just, I want youth. I want people who, I, I want people who have not been there before to have the opportunity to be there. Do I think it's cool? I think it's super cool. But I don't like it. I love the idea of Hank Pym being some super old guy who just sort of shows up now and then. I didn't want him to be Ant-Man, and he's not. Paul Rudd is. Who's also old as hell and doesn't yeah, help my like, argument wasn't anymore. <laughs> wasn't he in the movie This Is 40? Not to say that, you know, 40-year-olds are all yeah. old or anything. He but... was in This Is 40 like four years before Ant-Man. <laughs> <laughs> he was in This Is 50 next week. Yeah, but exactly. My point, my point is that, is it cool? Sure. But I would have preferred a younger casting. And we don't even know if this is the true casting. No, we don't. Right, we yeah, don't. There's speculate. just speculation at this point. Um, somebody reported it as true, but only one website did. So I imagine speculation. Okay, can we report it as true so we get like clickback? I mean, well, that no. Let's yeah, we'll we'll say it, and then Comic Book Resources will make it their headline. There um, we go. Anyway, incestuous. All right, so guys, we're gonna we're gonna skip out on the third segment this week because there was some pretty big news that didn't come out of Comic Con and it's generated a lot of publicity. 
Um, and that is James Gunn being fired as the director of Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Yeah. Um, Disney fired him uh, late last week because of some tweets that surfaced from that Gunn made uh, 10 years ago or so. I think it was or, six, but either way. Whatever, several years ago, uh, where mm. he made some jokes. Uh, I mean, I don't think anyone would say they're not in poor taste. They're about pedophilia and rape. Um, they're not anything that anyone should be proud of. And Gunn himself has said he's regrets them and he's a different person now. And he tried to be, he at the time was trying to be shocking. Uh, but somebody dug them up and, uh, Disney got wind of it. And apparently they knew about it when they hired him in the first place, but because of the PR problem, they fired him. Um, after that, a lot of the cast of Guardians, Dave Bautista and Zoe Saldana and Chris Pratt and, uh, Karen Gillan and a whole bunch of others, uh, have spoken out in defense of him, uh, saying they're not cool with him being fired. There's a fan petition, uh, about with a, more than a hundred thousand names on it right now, uh, asking that he get hired back and, uh, let's, there's a lot here. So I, I want to just, let's start the discussion with just the surface sort of geek level of this guys. And that is, um, all right, we've heard a lot, like Disney's fired lots of directors off their big properties over the last couple of years. Like you had the situation with solo and you have the situation with star Wars episode nine. And, and especially in the Marvel cinematic universe, directors are somewhat have been somewhat interchangeable. Uh, but Guardians was the exception because Guardians, so much of that tone came from James Gunn, the director, uh, and what made it successful. So it's a pretty significant thing that now the third movie is going to have a different voice behind it. So I just want to get your guys' thoughts on that first before we get deep dive into the rest of this. Um, I'm not concerned for the exact reason you just said. Uh, I, I know that Marvel has figured out the game plan here. Um, so I, do I think that the third Guardians movie will be as emotional or as invested as the first two? Probably not. But I also know that I don't really have a worry with Marvel. Whatever, whatever the movie is, I'm sure I'll enjoy it enough or you know, not can be concerned with whatever it is I'm watching. Um, for better or for worse, they just they have this thing locked up. Chris, what do you think? I I tend to agree with that, um, just largely because I think one thing Marvel has done really well is make it about the characters and good storytelling and not make it about whoever the high-profile director is. Um, I couldn't, you know, being a, a very big comic book nerd, maybe not big enough, evidently, I, I, did, I couldn't tell you any of the directors for any of the Marvel movies other than James Gunn. Um, well, that's the thing, and that's why I feel like this is significant, is that... He is so identified with this property, uh, whereas, you know, if they fired the director of, you know, Doctor Strange 2, it probably wouldn't matter. Right. But, you know, the, J Guardians of the Galaxy is, is it's there's probably so the much of unique. James Gunn's style and, and his unique vision and take on things infused in those movies and those characters now. Um, that, and it's so different tonally from all the other Marvel movies. Yeah, but um, then, I mean, like, it's not like he directed, granted I'm, I'm extrapolating quite a bit here, but it's not like he directed the bit 
between Thor and um, and uh, Star Lord. True. In Infinity yeah, War, that's true. and that was equally as hilarious. Okay. Um, you it's know, fair. he he also he didn't direct all the other emotional, you know, like stuff that happened with um, you know Gamora and and, and uh, Nebula getting torn apart and that sort of thing. You know, and that was equally as emotional. Um, so maybe the family. I mean, it's just it's I don't know. It's and, and you're probably right. He's probably not the only guy that can do this job. Right. I mean, um, I don't know. I, I it's going to it's going to feel different. I think Guardians is going to feel different. Um, it won't be too different. Marvel's got enough lead time where they can make the changes. He still, I think, was in the middle of writing it. So, um, you know, they're going to they'll take hold of this like they did Ant-Man and they'll they'll salvage it. Um, and shit, they had a lot less time to fix Ant-Man uh, than they, yeah, than they will for this. Um, so um, I think you guys are right in that it's not going to hurt the movie, but it is going to feel different. Um, Potentially. I mean, they could just get a guy to come in and be like, all right, watch the first two movies. Now do your best impression. Go. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Just do that. And it's possible. And it'll probably come off just fine. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's how. okay, so like we're obviously super inside baseball when it comes to all of this. Right. Like how much money did Guardians 1 and 2 make? Uh, Guardians 1. A made lot, like right? almost like, 800 mil and uh guardians two made more than that so combined so they've made you know almost two, two billion dollars yeah right yeah of those two billion dollars spent at this point how many of them know of this story and will care if uh, they do i would say a, what is a relatively small percentage right less than half so even if it's the third movie which in trilogies actually tends to be better than the second, right? Like this uh, financially, it tends to do better. Yeah. Um, bar, X three barring that. Although um, in in this, like Guardians has kind of bucked that trend because generally trilogies, it's second one does worse than the first, and then the third one does better. Guardians, the second one did better than the first. I don't think people expected it, Guardians one to do as well as it did. No, no one did. Right, like so, it's like the issue two of like a a big selling comic, you know? Yeah. Like, um, but that's the. We'll, we'll wait and see. I mean, I, I. They'll be it's it's Disney and Marvel. They'll they'll be fine. It's not gonna hurt. It's not gonna hurt Marvel financially at all, and I think well, that's why they were so quick to pull yeah, the they, trigger. They, they, hang damn. hang on hang on. I want to touch on something real quick. Chris Chris just mentioned it kind of in passing, but I wanna I wanna bring something to you guys' attention. So. As Tom said at the start of this conversation, Disney already knew about this. They just sort of shrugged at it. Yeah, because it, they were old tweets. And, you know, if we're all held accountable for a shit we did years ago on the Internet, none of us would have jobs. Sure, 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 sure. Um, so here's here's the crazy. Ready for the crazy? Here's the crazy. Hit me. What if James Gunn went to Marvel and said, hey, guys, this is the idea I have. I want more. I want to do this. I want to do that. I've got a lot of big plans. And Marvel said, yeah, okay, all right, well, sure. And because he's James Gunn and he's been so successful, 
they just sort of had to let him do his thing. They're not really happy about it because they're Marvel and <laughs> Disney and they like to have their eat cake and eat it too. So what is the one thing right now that is the hottest hot button topic that can get somebody shit canned in a hurry? <laughs> so sort of me too thing. I see where you're going. This so is, you're like the Alex Jones of geekdom now. Um, I, I wish this was even my theory. It was brought to my attention by a buddy of mine. And uh, yeah, it's it's way tinfoil hat for sure. Yeah, for it's sure, super sure. tinfoil hat. Does this is, does this person happen to agree politically with the guy who set all this James Gunn shit in motion? No, in fact, the exact opposite. Okay, okay, just curious. But sometimes Occam's razor is is right. Sometimes, just sometimes. So is that what I believe? Wait, Occam's <sighs> razor is the simplest. Like the, simple the simplest explanation is the truth. This is not the simplest explanation. The simplest explanation is that Marvel wanted James Gunn gone because they didn't like that. That is not the simplest explanation. The simplest explanation is the story we got, which is bad PR because of the tweets, you're fired. That is the simple explanation. I mean, that's a complicated explanation. explanation. No, that's a simple. They used this to do what they wanted to do anyway, but couldn't. Like that's a conspiracy. Something is a conspiracy theory. That's not Occam's razor. Super serious, super easy. Anyway, that's just something (laughs) that I, you know, I had brought to my attention that I kind of really liked because (laughs) otherwise the story is very benign and disappointing. I don't know how benign it is. Um, oh, it's, let's, let's okay, sort of it's unpack, very simple and disappointing. Let's unpack, <laughs> let's unpack what what happened here. Um, the guy who who uncovered these tweets, or at least supposedly dug them up and brought them to Disney's attention, is a uh, an alt right guy, conspiracy mm-hmm. theorist, activist. Um, he's a guy who's gone after uh, people on the internet who've been outspoken critics of President Trump in the past. Um, he went after an MSNBC anchor, got him temporarily fired uh, until MSNBC looked at things more clearly and hired that guy back. Um, James Gunn has become an outspoken critic of the president. And so uh, this guy, Mark Cernovich, decided to say, oh, this is evidence of and the network of pedophiles operating in Hollywood. Now, we've all heard stories about that, and there have been filmmakers implicated in those kinds of things, but not necessarily James Gunn. And by all indications, the things he tweeted about were his attempt at jokes. They weren't things he actually did or believed. At least that's what he says. And we have no evidence to the contrary. Um... This is kind of a problem. It's going to continue to be a problem forever. Uh, it's a problem now because of Twitter. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be a problem for a lot of people for a long time where your past behavior online is going to be brought back to haunt you if you piss off the wrong person. Um, and we still, as a society, haven't figured out how to deal with that yet. Well, the problem, the problem is, is that only certain people are being held accountable for their thing, what they're saying. Some people are not being held accountable at all for what they're saying. True, but I mean, there are people on both sides of the issue that are having to deal with this kind of shit James Gunn is being put through right now. 
Yeah, I know, but your 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 statement specifically. I get what you're saying is that there are some people who say outrageous things and nothing happens, and there are others who get held to the fire for it. Right. Until such time as everybody is held to the same standard, and then, like, this guy's all pissed off because his boys are getting booted left and right just because they like a simple thing like, you know, <laughs> Nazism. So he's all mad about that. So he's going after people that he considers to be, you know, leftist trash or whatever nomenclature he needs or uses. I don't care. It's some dude who really didn't get enough love as a child. But it's also because there's no reason for him not to, because there's <laughs> he thinks that the world's out to get him and his boys, so he's going to defend his boys as best he can. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is one boy that nothing bad ever happens to. Yeah. And until that comes to pass, people are going to be like, oh, they'll go after Roseanne, but they won't go after James Gunn or whatever mindless horseshit they want to say. Okay. Well, the, it, let's, let's kind of, let's, let's put the political part to the side for a second. The motivations behind this, notwithstanding. Okay. Oh, I was going to, I don't know how you were going to do that. Okay. Yeah, fine. Okay. So I'm, um, um, let's talk about the concept in general of, should you be presently held accountable for your actions online in the past when you weren't breaking the law? Okay. So we're not talking about like all these women coming forward against Bill Cosby or Harvey Weinstein. Those are illegal actions and those are uh, things they did in real life, not things they said online. So let's, let's just talk specifically about stuff you said online in the past that wasn't against the law uh, coming, being brought back to bite you. You know, if, if let's say, okay, here's, it's a perfect example. And it's one that I can't shake Rick. And it applies to you and me directly. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are a lot of bits on the radio show we did in college that by today's standards would be found offensive and not funny. True. Okay. A lot of stuff I cringe at when I hear it now. (laughs) Okay. Um, I mean, I don't need to tell you specifically what they are. You know, um, should you or I be fired from our jobs because of the stuff we did 18 years ago? No, but should, should it come to pass? Um, if what we were doing at the time was what we were considering trying to be funny or whatever the case may be maybe we get in trouble for it. And what I mean is James Gunn was trying to be edgy and crazy and yes. ridiculous at the time. And at the time, um, what we were doing was similar, but True. also we, we never really got beyond that. And also there's not an easy record for it. Now, should people be held accountable for what they've said and done over the years? I think so. Does that mean that that can come back and bite me in the ass because I thought I was being funny at the time? Absolutely. Have I made peace with that? A very long time ago. Okay, so uh, is there any accounting for people changing? Of course there is, but you still had to make those statements. You still had to have done that. You still had to have believed that at one time in your life. And James Gunn admitted all of this. So is the you of today responsible for the things that you of the past believed that you may not believe anymore? Absolutely. 
It's my job to defend my statements from those times and hope that people understand that it is not what I believe today. I still I, make I those agree statements. with that 100%. Like, it's just, it's the same thing with like the whole, I mean, just for a very, very broad use, like the Starbucks thing that happened, right? Like, or the Chipotle E. coli infestation, or the cases. Like, it's all about like how you choose to, it's a PR experiment, right? It's how you choose to perform your own damage control. So, like, the fact is that happened at Starbucks. That happened at Chipotle. As a company, and in this case, it's a company and an individual, right? Like, how does each one handle it? You, you have to fess up because the fact is you, if you try to deny it, then you just lose all credibility. But then you have to show that you've changed, like Rick just said, and that you've and, and as a company, you've taken steps to mitigate it or, or prevent it from further whatever, you know, it, it's you, you have to be responsible. You can't not be responsible for it. You, the fact is you did it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you would you, you can deny all you want, but it's. Just, well, it's yeah. It's, I mean, what's what's the other in this situation? What's the other answer? Don't don't hate me, because when I was 19 years old, I posted a bunch of really dumb shit online. Well, why did you post that dumb shit? I gotta have an ex- I gotta have a reason, right? I can't just say, "Ah, don't worry about it." What yeah, would you say, Tom? I mean, look, everybody does really dumb shit when they're nineteen and twenty years old. That's right. You know, should you be fired for it? That's the thing, and that's that, that, that's, that's the problem. The I mean, that's and, the problem. You can't blame Disney for the, doing it. Right? I mean, like, you can't. That's the thing. You can't. You can't fault Disney for doing it because there was going to be an outcry for them to do it, and they just did it before that happened. So you can't necessarily fault them for doing it because they have an image to protect as well and a brand. Um, Um, They still release Aristocats. Yeah. And, you know, they made Song of the South. Yeah, they don't release Song of the South. (laughs) No, they don't. But, you know, that's kind of the thing they don't talk about that they did when they were younger. Yeah. You know, and... You know, they made the movie Powder with a guy, a director who had been convicted and served a year in prison for being a pedophile. Yeah, well, yeah. And they it's still almost, made that movie and still make money off of it. It's almost like there's different l- rules and laws for different people. <laughs> well, that's the thing, and that's that's sort of the broader debate. Like, what is the... And I don't think we as a society have figured it out yet. I, I think we're well, this is all still so new that... We we don't know what the standard should be that everyone needs to be held to. Like, is there a is there a statute of limitations <laughs> on, on dumb shit you put on the internet? Like, or are there varying degrees? I, I think I don't know, what but I you, think what ultimately what ultimately needs to come to pass is there's as with so many other things, there's got to be a reckoning. Something has to give. And then we'll see where we're at. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. Um, we would really like to hear what you think about this out there, um, about any of the discussions we've had this week. I mean, it's, it's funny how a week all about uh, the MLB All-Star Game and Comic-Con turned into debates on society <laughs> at large and freedom of speech. But... Them's the breaks on those two. Because <laughs> that's what happens when you put us in a room, Tom. <laughs> Evidently. 
Um, but we would like to hear what you have to say about this. You can you can call us and leave a voicemail and tell us what you think. Three two one seventy six jerks. Uh, you can email us, Chris. How can they do that? Email us at those two jerks at gmail dot com. Spell out T W O two. That's right. Or if they want to, you know, enjoy join our uh, increasingly contentious Twitter discussion. <laughs> You Rick, saw how quickly how I dipped out. I totally dipped out of this one this week. Oh. Did you see? Did you see how I expertly removed myself? <laughs> what does that mean? Just, just I just I saw what was happening around me and I said, "No, thank you." <laughs> Why you don't want people to come after you on Twitter? I uh, I saw what the situation was around me. And I simply realized that it was time for me to uh, di- uh, uh, tip my cap and say good evening, everyone. And uh, Fedora. Yeah, thanks. Yes. For, yes. So, there, thanks for not but participating, Rick. Appreciate that. That is not what I did. That is not what I did. Go back and read those tweets. What I did was on a par with a form of art. <laughs> well, nevertheless, there are still some listeners who will come at you hard. For no good reason. <laughs> sometimes good reasons. Lately, Some, none. But yeah, lately, good no reason. good reason. But sometimes, yes, they have a reason. How can they find <laughs> us on Twitter? Um, if you really have to, it is, <laughs> <laughs> it is those two jerks uh, at those two jerks. Pardon me. Uh, of course, spell out TWO as Chris has instructed you before. And as we all know, Chris is a fantastic instructor. That's why they keep telling him to have people break arms for him. So. <laughs> Nice. Nice. You can also keep up with the latest Those Two Jerks news and episodes on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Those Two Jerks. Remember to click like because, like I said, you're going to get the latest Those Two Jerks news, and there may be a good bit of news coming up very soon. And you may be especially interested in that news if you are in the Tampa Bay Gulf Coast area. Can't say any more than that, but hopefully I can soon. Cancun? I said soon. <laughs> don't don't, don't know about the those two jerks that, cruise. <laughs> the those two jerks cruise. <laughs> yeah, that's just, just a dinghy. Three of us in a rowboat, basically. <laughs> Chris, Trying not somewhere. to get my laptop wet. Here. It's just me and Rick rowing, and Chris is just holding a poncho over my laptop to keep it from getting wet. Oh. <laughs> I can get in on that. Yes. <laughs> actually, yes. actually, Chris should be doing the rowing. He's He's got bigger arms than I do. <laughs> I can make a longer stroke. <laughs> oh, 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 God. Oh, uh, all right. I, I sense, a, ra- I sense right. a rabbit hole up ahead. Yep. That's some sign kind of off hole. time, isn't yeah. it? It's some That's... kind of hole for sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I sense a rabbit hole up ahead. All right. We'll be back next week with uh hopefully some more some lighter fare. And well, uh... I mean if they if they release these damn trailers. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Oh hopefully some lighter fare, but if not, uh you'll at least get some laughs and maybe maybe learn something in there too. I don't know. The Sussman, Rick Sussman, (laughs) and the vutastically vocational Chris Vu. I am the Tom Alexander, and until somebody goes back and erases all my old tweets, we will remain those two jerks. See you next time.